Let's Get Haunted with your host, Nat Strong and Allie. Welcome back, guys. Hello, everyone. Oh, my God. I was just telling (laughs) Allie how excited I am to just not have a guest today. Not that I don't love guests, but it's like so exhausting it's like having a guest in your house you know you just have to be on your best behavior Mm -hmm. you're not gonna like eat your normal shitty food that makes you feel good you're not gonna like do your you know routine that makes you look like a bad person right be like yeah i get up at 7 30 and go for a walk you know yeah like i make a three course (laughs) meal for every dinner like no no i don't yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then when it's just Alyssa and i i can just like chill you know (laughs) no that's a really good analogy the other day I was sitting on the couch just eating corn pops in my underwear and I was like I was having that thought of like thank god there's a pandemic and like nobody is in my house like I don't have to worry about anything yeah it's a great analogy for our show I was just thinking that November is here now we're going to be doing Thanksgiving soon and I'm assuming most people are going to try to get together with their families and like what is that even going to be like trying to socialize or like make your house look like it just hasn't been yeah (laughs) quarantined in for a year I know and especially because like my family that's in California is really small so it's just going to be it's normally like my aunt my uncle my mom my dad my brother, my sister-in-law, and me. Mm-hmm. But it's so weird because the few times that like we have gotten together as a family this year, it's like because all, all of the people over the age of sixty have obviously been like self-isolating and super careful, and so right. then all of us younger people like to be kind to them, we literally have to sit on like the opposite side of the house, like yeah. <laughs> complete like we're sh- shouting at them anything that we want to say. Like it's so weird, right? And they're like way older than you anyways you have nothing to talk to about anyways (laughs) that's true I guess that's true you're shouting like isn't this cornbread great yeah (laughs) you did a great job Aunt Claudia (laughs) yeah so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird weird holiday season but also this year I just feel like simultaneously went really really fucking slow but also really fast because nothing happened nothing interesting has happened I know it's been like one long weird summer vacation but I feel like I'm like in one of those movies where it's like a teen coming of age movie and you move to a new town and you don't know anyone and you're like just making friends with like the gas station attendant and stuff and like you know like (laughs) it's just there's nothing to do I feel like I'll spend like an hour doing nothing and then I'm like what did I just do and I was like oh yeah I was watching that bug like walk across the windowsill for an hour I haven't done anything interesting either and so that leads me into today is episode 50 and a half listener stories number six where we read your spooky shit yeah I hope that everyone is safe but hopefully some of these spooky stories are good I don't know I have like nothing to talk about (laughs) I don't hope everyone's safe someone's got to do some crazy shit for us to have something to talk about we normally start these episodes with personal hauntings Natalia do you have any personal hauntings that you want to talk about uh no not really I got a new chair I don't know if you can notice it. oh it's cute I like the bunny ears 
Yeah, my chair, you guys, is literally a bunny. It's like a Super pink cute. gaming chair. Because my neck and my back has been hurting since we are old now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been doing this podcast remotely. Because we have to position ourselves in kind of weird position. So my back was hurting. So I was like, I'm going to get one of those chairs that all of those nerds from Sugar Pine 7 have. Because right. they're like, must be a reason for it, you know? Right. And, and has it made a difference? Yes. It has this pillow for your neck here. Oh, nice. And then it has a pillow for your for your back for lumbar support down here. Oh. And then it also has rabbit ears and a bunny tail. Well, that's <laughs> cute as shit. Yeah, I'm just sitting here on my piece of shit chair that is the totally wrong length. Okay, I have this desk. I've had it since like 2014. Wait, hold on. Is this the desk that they sent you two of the desks? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you remember. Yes. Yeah, because we were roommates at this time. Yeah. This <laughs> desk is such a piece of shit. It is. First of all, I ordered it and then they sent me two of them. And then I was like, hey, do you guys want your second desk back? And then they just never said anything to me. And so I was like, I guess I have two desks now. But it's like from one of those websites, Joss and Main or Wayfair or something. I don't remember which yeah, one. They like outsource everything. Yeah. And it's like super wobbly and you put it together yourself. It's a really awkward height is the point I'm trying to get at right now. So like right. normal desk chairs are way too low. And so I bought this chair a couple years ago that's for like drafting tables I guess yeah artists yeah for artists but this one's way too high so now I'm just like down at awkward angles no matter what I'm doing for this podcast so my point is maybe it's time for me to invest in a chair like that and a new desk yeah because we're getting fucking old my back is killing me I know Alyssa told me we've almost been doing this for two fucking years (laughs) (laughs) she was like season two is almost at an end and I was like oh my god let's kill ourselves what is this we've been doing this for two years i know is that good are we are people impressed or are people sad i don't know what do you what do you guys think do you like this show let us know in the comments i need to know like what the group is doing before i have an emotion about it exactly i'm like am i supposed to be excited am i supposed to be ashamed oh my god wait okay speaking of excited there is something haunted that's happened recently to us natalia what Oh my god, please tell me. The Happy Valley Dream Survey texted me back. Oh yeah, yeah, you sent me a screenshot of this and you were like taunting them. Yeah, (laughs) I wanted a response. Alyssa texted me and was like, Happy Valley Dream Survey responded. And in the screenshot, she's like saying random names to them. And then they said, Nat and Allie back. Like they know who we are. So tell me exactly how this happened. Okay. In my mind, I can't believe anyone knows who we are. What is this? Yeah, like what (laughs) is going on? Okay, so basically, if you guys skip around episodes and don't listen to them in order, episode 43, we talked about the Happy Valley Dream Survey. If you don't know what it is, go listen to that episode. There's no time to explain. But... Um, basically there's this dream survey that has a phone number associated with it so you can interact with it and nobody knows who's behind the phone number so it's this giant internet conspiracy and when I was doing that episode researching it in this was August right I was sending like all kinds of text messages to it leaving it weird voicemails calling it all the time like trying to get a response yeah then that episode went live and one of the main things was the Mm -hmm. world was supposed to end on September 5th I remember exactly 
Yes. Basically, that episode came out a couple days before September 5th. And then on September 5th, I texted the number because I'm still obsessed with this. I'm like, what? Who is behind this? Even though the episode's over. And that rarely happens. Most of the time we put out an episode and I like kind of never think about it again. But this one, I'm like, oh, my God, fucking there's so many crazy like directions it goes in when you like fall down the rabbit hole. And so I was still texting it, sending things like, for example, DVO, Cookin, Mormon, Panic, Satan, Jesus. Oh my God. Dan Oaks for governor. Jared. <laughs> like anything I was finding online. To trigger it. Yeah, to trigger it. Then I started sending a bunch of names. So I said, Jared, Alex, Ben, Kyle, Dan, Dave, Kevin, Liam, like just trying to like maybe one of them is like named that whoever's behind it and then maybe they'll be like triggered and respond to me. Right. So I had sent all of those. Then I called it one last time and it said, thank you for leaving a voicemail, participating in the Happy Valley Dream Survey, which is the automated text message everyone gets. And then I texted it back and said, well, the world didn't end. Guess you were wrong. So I sent that on September 9th. On October 24th, they responded finally and they said, were we wrong? And then they sent another one four hours later that just says, Allie or Nat? Wait, when you sent, oh my God, when you sent this voice message, did you say like, hi, I'm Allie. I'm an investigative journalism person from the podcast. Let's get on. No, No, I didn't. So, okay. So then I was trying to. So how do they know? That's the thing. So I was trying to figure out like, okay. Because you used a random Google number. So like the number that you use isn't even your phone number. No, it's not associated with me at all. I just like created a fake Google account and then made a fake Google number because I didn't know like, is this like a weird dark web spam thing to like uh, like a phishing thing you know so the only thing i can figure out is if you google happy valley dream survey something that pops up on the first page is a list of podcasts that have covered happy valley dream survey there's only like three podcasts that have covered it and we're one of them so i I think maybe on the wait on what website uh no it'll just like if you google happy valley dream survey one of the things that pops up is all the podcasts like our episode pops up yeah. Yeah. So I'm okay. thinking maybe this person who's behind this survey wants to know what people are saying about it. So they probably listen to all those episodes. And on our episode, I mentioned I like read off some of the text messages that I'd been sending it. And so maybe they put two and two together and they were like, oh, this must be Ali or Nat. This adds another clue to the mystery, though. So like, first of all, one, we know that this is a real person now. Right. And two, we know this is a person that has enough time. They like Google themselves and listened through to that entire podcast. Exactly. Isn't that insane? Okay, but it gets crazier. I didn't tell you this part yet because I was waiting for this episode so I could get your genuine reaction here. So then I texted it back and I said, oh, shit. Yeah, it's us. What the fuck? How'd you know? Could <laughs> So professional. I know. Oh, shit. <laughs> What's up? So then I said, could we get you on for an interview? You can use a voice changer to preserve your anonymity if you'd like. Okay, so I sent that on October 24th at 9.15 a.m. And on Monday, the 26th, so two days later, they called me. 12.08 a.m. They fucking called me, dude. And I I was asleep. I was asleep. And my phone's always on silent when I'm asleep. And so I didn't realize that they had called me. 
But then I woke up in the morning and I che- I like was looking at my phone. I saw I had a notification because it, it doesn't go to like your normal calls. It goes to this Google number. So you have to like physically open it to see if somebody like if you have a missed call. Right. So I opened it and I saw I had a missed call. And so I texted it back and I was like, damn, I missed your call. Want to give it one more try? And then uh, they didn't say anything back. They didn't call again. And I seriously waited up. Look, I have a real fucking job. And this is how much this has taken over my life is I was waiting up till 1 a.m. multiple nights in a row when I had important meetings the next day just to see if they would call me again. And they never have. So I I have been texting them at like midnight every night being like, hey, ready, like ready to call me again. And they haven't done it. This is like. Like when you really want a guy or a girl to call you yes. and you're like thinking about them all the time and you're like leaving breadcrumbs like, hey, I just thought of you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing yourself. Yeah, but I think it's going to work. I hope so. And then they have an option with the Google phone numbers. You can technically you can send pictures to them. So I was thinking like maybe I just start sending dick pics. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to sexually harass whoever this. What if this is a child? So but I was thinking like. Okay, like, let me send pictures of just, like, random shit. Like, to I don't know, like, maybe go back to my original thing of trying to freak them out. Like, pictures of, like, posters of the survey or, like, pictures of, like, a dead bird or something. You know what I mean? Like, try to get them to, like, pay attention to me. Right. Well, this is, like, uh, trying to get the attention of someone who doesn't like you, you know? Yeah. Do you resort to, like, weird childish behavior where you start nagging them? Right. Or do I just ignore them? Because it took them from, I just want to reiterate, it took them from me sending them that taunting text message on September 9th. They didn't respond till October 24th. That's almost two months later. Is it because they finally listened to our episode and put two and two together? Or is it because they get so many text messages all the time that like they just finally got to mine? I think it's probably because they're not so they're not making any money off of this. Like they haven't figured out a way to monetize this yet. So they probably are like normal people with a job or whatever. And then they have their like alter ego where they go online and check all their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe like real life just got in the way. Maybe. I don't know. Or they're super haunted and they're in an, another dimension. Yeah. And they had to come <laughs> out of a black hole before they could r- go back in time. And, right. Oh, I and vote for that Go one. to October 24th. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't that crazy, though? They like. That's insane. They know who we are. I can't believe you were able to keep that to yourself for that long. Like, I would not be able to do that. It was like interfering with my real life because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. I'm like at work just constantly checking the Google voice thing and I'm like busy as right. I've never been busier at work than the past two weeks and I'm just like constantly thinking about this survey. So that's haunted. Yeah, that's really haunted. Well, you guys comment below. What should we do to get their attention? What yeah. should we send them photos of? Maybe we should just send them a voice recording of the nut button a bunch of times. Yeah. Or a picture of the nut button. Or like, you're totally right, Natalia. This is exactly like trying to get your crush's attention. Like, <laughs> No, it's embarrassing. <laughs> like, do we send like, like, do we have to think of some really clever, like, you right, know, super j- witty, super witty comebacks or jokes? Or do we go the intellectual <laughs> route and we like start pretending like we're smart, even though we're not? Like, do we send them <laughs> articles that are like super interesting? Maybe we just have to make them think that like we're going to give them a bunch of money somehow. Like they need to believe that this <laughs> podcast is super lucrative. And so then they like pay us attention because they mm-hmm. want to ride our coattails. So we need to like get 
somehow get like a screenshot of like us doing an interview with the BBC or like Photoshop a photo yeah. of us like at the White House or something and then <laughs> send that to them. <laughs> it's like us shaking hands with Biden, but it's like a poorly photoshopped. <laughs> we find a political rally, doesn't matter which one, oh, yeah. and we just Photoshop whoever's talking out of it and just have us there. And then, like, the whole crowd is going wild and stuff. And it's just like our, like, song is playing in the background. And we, like, change the, like, the banner in the background to say, Make America Haunted Again. Like, we're <laughs> that will definitely get their attention. Yeah, or that um that one person on Twitter, the listener that photoshopped us onto a billboard, we just send them that billboard yes. and we're like, oh, look, this is definitely real and not photoshopped. Yes. I also feel like this person who runs the Happy Valley Dream Survey has like a huge ego, like they live for this kind of attention or whatever. So right. we also need to, we need to let them think that they're like funny and important. So we can't like That's outdo true. them. You know? Okay. If they think we're more witty or more smart or or they think that we're laughing at them, mm-hmm. then they're going to not be down. They're going to be like, this is... You're totally right. We have to play to their ego. Right. Okay. So, because my approach up until this point has just been to be batshit insane. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now that they've figured out who we are, maybe I right. take a different approach. I don't know what you think about these people, but I feel like anyone who's taking time out of their lives to do this has to be either millennial or Gen Z. I feel like they're probably a dude and I feel like they don't have a job, right? Because they're like, so like focused on this. They have a lot of, so like maybe a student or something. Yeah. I was thinking it's gotta be a kid or something. Yeah. And then that would make sense why it disappeared for a few years. Cause they're busy with school or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, that's know. true. Well, now I'm falling back down the rabbit hole and I just... I know. I'm, I'm thinking too much because now I'm like, if it's a student... Because it would have to be someone who was somewhat impressed with the fact that we have a podcast even though anyone can do it. Yeah. So, like, I'm thinking it has to be some sort of child or something, right? Right. Yeah, I would think. And they must have also, like, found our twitter account because when you are googling like happy valley dream survey and then all of the podcast episodes pop up it doesn't say like Allie and nat you know what i mean it just Mm -hmm. says let's get haunted um episode 43 happy valley dream survey so i think maybe then they googled let's get haunted and the only account i think that immediately says our names are our twitter account in the bio of at let's get haunted it says hosted by Allie and nat right i mean obviously when you're like stalking someone you're gonna look at all their stuff Right, yeah. Let's say I was playing some weird prank and then all of a sudden some TV show or whatever, like radio show, got a hold of it. I would immediately Google all of those people and be like, yeah. who are these people? How cool is this? You know? I'm so mad at myself. I They called <laughs> us at 12.08 a.m. on a Monday. So I just was thinking like, you know, I wasn't even thinking. I was thinking they would text us first if they wanted to give an interview, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, but also, so maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone way older because they're still obsessed with calling. Or they're in a different, a different time zone. Yeah, different time zone. And the other thing about this is, I don't know if you remember this from the episode, but a lot of people who received phone calls 
didn't receive calls from the actual number. They received calls from like other phone numbers, other Google numbers that had the 725 area code, that Las Vegas area code. We got an actual call from the actual number. Like it doesn't say unknown caller. It doesn't say seven, just 725 area code. Like we got a call back on the actual Happy Valley Dream Survey number, which a lot of people were speculating isn't possible. Like they, because of all like the automated stuff they have with it. Right. So I know I'm just like falling deeper and deeper down the whole of like, who the fuck is this? Like I need to do a part two on the right on the survey yeah i mean i think we have to, like i think this is our only chance at success because <laughs> if we can bust this case like that this will be the only case that we've ever we've like, ever bu- solved <laughs> so like we can't let it get out of our grip you i'm know? gonna we keep have trying. to follow this until we die yeah exactly okay i'm gonna keep trying and leave a comment in our soundcloud tweet at us leave a comment on our instagram if you guys have any ideas for how to get a hold of these people and happy valley dream survey if you're listening to this right now for some reason fucking tell us what you want okay because we need this give us a clue we need like a something to hang on to right exactly and thank you for your time yeah thank you for your time oh oh wonderful happy valley dream survey (laughs) almighty survey please let us know what you want we are we are in your hands that's awesome yeah okay let's thank our donors yeah yeah thank you guys for keeping us running we can't do it without you from venmo we have alana s Haley c tyler c elena b walk sit play pet care and from Kofi, we have Charlotte, Molly, Sonia, Lindsay, and Alicia. Thank you guys so much. Nat, who do you have today? I have Efrain P. Thanks, Efrain. Yeah. It's always in there. Efrain, good job. Janine H., Riffy S., Brielle S., Kevin T., Julissa D., Riffy S., Janine H., Brielle S., and Alex Jang. Woo! Thank you guys so much. And I just want to give a special shout out um, to Alana S. Because she made a substantial donation. Should, do I say the number? You said the number last time. Do, sure. What is it? It's 100 bucks. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Wait. We really appreciate it. Like, you guys. You. We appreciate Seriously. any donation. Like, any number. It all adds up. But, like, yeah. last time, Natalia, you'd given a shout out to someone who donated 100 So, I thought, I'll give a shout out this time to the person who yeah. donated $100. Yeah. That's, like, so um, haunted. <laughs> exactly. It's haunted. It's Thank a positive you. haunting. Thank you so much. It really we is. Because it. we don't have ads we're not we're just annoying because that's our personalities we don't have like annoying extra things we tack on to this that you have to endure like ads right exactly not to say we won't love ads guys with sponsors if you're listening if anyone wants to sponsor us at all we are open to that possibility (laughs) we're not gonna take an ad if if, like we don't like the product we wouldn't ever do that but if you guys you know if you've got a product out there we're the haunted products yeah, we're the haunted products. We I want to be sponsored by like the Pope's holy water. Yeah, or a tarot card company, uh, a prayer candle company. Like, come on, guys. Right, like an old lady that whispers in your ear. <laughs> refugee company. <laughs> like, if you are listening to this and you are an old lady that whispers in people's ears at night, and you are selling, you are selling this service, and would like to advertise on our podcast. 
Please let us know because um, we make no money. <laughs> Before we get into the haunted listener stories for this episode, Natalia, do you want to, mm-hmm. do we just want to like talk a little bit about um, the end of spooky season? We put out so many fucking episodes in October. Now we're officially in I November. Did that hurt us or help us? I don't, I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but you, did you guys like it? And if people listening, did it? <laughs> We like did so many guests, and then Alyssa did a, a Twitter poll that one on Twitter that was like, "Do you prefer guests or Justin and Allie?" And like everyone was being really polite and was like, "I like guests, but I wouldn't want it to be every episode." And like pretty much everyone was saying that, so I but, feel like it was a very polite way of being like, "Can you guys just chill for a second?" You know what, guys? On the guests, you don't know what you want, okay? Because before. <laughs> Before we had, before October, I got so many fucking DMs and tweets of people being like, have on this person, have on that person. You guys haven't had any guests this year. And so yeah. I was like, oh shit, people want guests. Hell yeah. We've got friends that want to <laughs> be on the show. We finally figured out how to remote record. So like we could actually make this happen. But right. I was really proud of everyone in that poll because I threw in a shit post option, which was like, I hate you guys. I hate everything you do. I right. hate every episode. And nobody clicked it. Isn't that exciting? It has zero Nobody clicked it? Nobody clicked it not even someone trolling wow our stalker's sleeping i know yeah. <laughs> don't say don't say it three times she'll wake up and appear <laughs> in a mirror and like haunt you for the rest of your life <laughs> well she's already doing that whatever um but yeah you guys which episode did you like the best out of our guest episodes natalia do you want to list off the guests we had on this past month and a half sammy joe and kib Mm -hmm. Uh, we also had steven from Mm -hmm. sugar pine seven we also had steve zaragoza Mm -hmm. we also had sapphire Mm -hmm. and then who was before that who was the first one Elise and James Willems, but you weren't on right, that episode because some Steve fucked up his audio, which we've already <laughs> talked about. So then right. I had to record it with new guests because Natalia had heard the story three times in a row by that point, and it was ridiculous. It was not fun for anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so those were... Which which story um, from last month did you like the best, Natalia, out of all of our guest episodes? I feel like... Well, this is selfish, but I feel like I liked my episode with Sammy Joe and Kib yeah. about Movskin, the Russian doll maker who was haunted and making like dolls out of corpses for necromancy. Because one, I researched it really well, so I felt like in control of it. And a right. lot of times, like I kind of let the story like remain a mystery to everyone, including myself. And so, I, <laughs> like the Whaley House, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like I have less control. But in that, like, there's something that feels good about entertaining people, where you're telling a story and you know you have everyone on like the edge of their seat. Definitely, that, I don't know. Yeah, that was a great episode. I also really liked the Witch Elm. I liked that one too. I liked all of them, and I liked well, the, yeah, they the were all good. Madame Gall that Sapphire was talking about. I like that we covered a wide variety of stuff this last month. I feel like there was something for everyone. So now we're going to read the stories that you guys send in to us at letsgethauntedpod at gmail.com. If you've ever been haunted, if you've seen a goat man, if you got run over by a ghost train... If your best friend is an old woman that whispers in your ear every night, write into us and tell us about it. All right. This letter comes to us from Kyle, and they wrote this at 2.04 a.m., so I know it's going to be pretty haunted. 
says, Hello, ladies. I have been listening from episode one. Oh, thank you. And have been a big fan since SP7 days. Rip. I have to say that this has become one of my most favorite podcasts to listen to over and over again. I even listen to it while I'm getting ready to sleep. Okay. Haunted. Anyway, the listener submission episodes are amazing. And I've had a few haunted incidents that have formed a pattern that I would like to share with you. I've worked as a paramedic supervisor for seven years now in Michigan. I work for a large private EMS service and work in one of the bigger cities in Michigan. I'm going to try to tell you as much as I can without divulging HIPAA information. This is something that has happened to me only a few times in my career. And every time it does, I think about it for weeks to follow. In paramedic school, they cover everything we need to know to be able to treat patients to the best of our scope of practice. There was a section of class that went over empathy and notifying the families of deceased loved ones. They even went over situations in which patients would die in the ambulance and how to handle it. In my opinion, though, no amount of schooling can prepare you for some of those situations. One of the things we went over was patients having, quote, an impending sense of doom. To sum it up, It would be the feeling some patients would experience when they were decompensating or having a feeling as if death was imminent. This could be for patients actually getting close to death or ones that were far from it. It spans the whole spectrum. My story is about the patients who are knocking on death's door. This has only happened maybe three or four times in my career as a paramedic, but it normally went like this. Patient one, a 30s-year-old male who sustained two gunshot wounds to the chest and abdomen. We arrived on the scene to find him on the ground outside of a club and didn't waste time picking him up and getting him loaded. He acted like most gunshot wound victims do. He was angry and swearing to return the favor to whoever fired the rounds into him. As we were en route to the ER, I was starting IVs and trying to keep him calm. He asked if he was going to die. But that was normal for patients in this situation. While monitoring his vitals and calling the ER to give them a heads up, he started to calm down and get a little quiet. He asked to sit up and started to look around. He was calm and all the anger had left him. At this point, I knew as a paramedic with a bit of experience with this, that the outcome was not going to be good. He calmly looked at the back corner of the ambulance and said, man, this is it as if he was talking to someone. Then he looked at his phone and he said, man, not right now, like he was admitting defeat. He laid back down within minutes and he was dead. What? We followed our protocols and did everything that we could, but unfortunately the damage was already done. The call stuck with me though because he spoke as if he was talking to someone else, as if I wasn't even there and he was accepting the decision that someone had already made for him. Patient two, an 80s-year-old female from a local nursing home. She was unresponsive and her blood pressure was tanking. She had a history of AAA, abdominal aortic aneurysm. She was cold, clammy, and diaphoretic. She was not responding to verbal or painful stimuli, and we were over 30 minutes from a major hospital. We loaded her into the ambulance and went lights and sirens to the hospital. About 10 minutes in, I was working on getting a second IV and gathering secondary vitals. Her breathing was starting to get better, and she had opened her eyes a few times. I was feeling better about the outcome when she grabbed the railings of the stretcher and boosted herself up. 
At the same time I'm noticing her heart rhythm getting dangerously wider, she looked straight ahead and clear as day said, I've been ready for this, in the most calm voice I had ever heard. The same voice your grandmother would use to read you a bedtime story in. Almost as wow. if she was relieved. Again, this was not to me. This was directed to the windows in the back of the ambulance. In less than a minute, she went into cardiac arrest. We pulled over and followed our protocols, but she did not make it. Patient three, a 50-year-old female that had a sudden onset of pain in the back of her head and vomiting. It was a clear case of hemorrhagic stroke, so take it as you will due to the neurological impairment. She was an RN, and I believe she knew what was happening. This happened midday while she was making dinner for her family, who was not at home at the time. We loaded the patient, and I radioed the ER immediately. She was in distress, and I tried to calm her down the best I could as I was treating her. She was deteriorating pretty rapidly, and I was getting my equipment ready to possibly intubate her if it had to come to that point. During this time, she was pleading to have a chance to say goodbye to her husband and kids. I figured she was saying this because she knew what was happening. I was answering her and reassuring her that she would get the chance. That's when I noticed she was not speaking to me. I knew she was suffering from a stroke, but it was so apparent that she was speaking to someone else in the ambulance. This wasn't my first stroke, and I've experienced patients bargaining and pleading before. The conversation she was having was not with me. Her eyes stayed focused on the back of the ambulance, and no matter what I said to try to calm her, she continued this conversation without me. She started to cry and sing some sort of song in a mumbled tone. I couldn't make it out, but it was soft and calm, unlike her demeanor before. She went unresponsive minutes before we reached the ER, and she passed away shortly after that in a trauma bay before her family could reach her. To this day, I believe she was talking to someone who was trying to calm her in that ambulance, and it wasn't me. I absolutely believe in the afterlife and ghosts. I don't know who these patients were talking to. It's almost as if someone different each time just by the way the patients acted towards the end. I thought this might be a decent story to include on the half episode. I have other haunted things I would like to share with your podcast. I just thought I would start with this. Thank you for taking the time to read Whoa. my experiences. Even if they don't make it to the podcast, you guys are amazing and I'll continue to listen to you as long as you guys keep kicking ass. Sincerely, Kay Smith in Michigan. P.S. Nat, I know you're having a hard time finding that treasure. It's probably because you are one. I'm sure you'll find it soon. Oh. <laughs> wow, that <laughs> story so to me sounds like the Grim That's Reaper insane. they were talking to. Yeah, or like, or God, or, or like, an angel, like whatever right. you believe in. Yeah. yeah, like someone is there in the ambulance and only the person on the verge of death can see that thing. And so they're like bargaining or talking to it. Like that gave me the chills. Right. That whole, wow. Yeah. What an awesome fucking email. That person did a great job. Yeah. Holy shit. And I think it gives me hope too. you know, like death is not the end. Right. Like there's something else there or, and it seems like all of these people, so once they accepted their fate, just got really calm because they realized like, yeah, this is it it's over yeah, yeah and I think that's something that I hope happens to me with death and everyone is that we like just accept it and it's a calm and not a very traumatic experience that's right. wild that's fucking insane yeah I like how I have the chills yeah wow what a crazy opening email so for crazy. this listener story episode all right let me follow up with this email 
written by Nani. And she says, hey, witches, (laughs) I love your podcast. Just started listening it, a.k.a. binging it, on Spotify, and you guys keep me company. First time writing in. Sorry if it's long. Okay, there have been a few possible ghosts linked to stories from my house. We even had a really religious friend want to pray over one of the bedrooms, which of course was my room. (laughs) Some stories maybe are chalked up to, quote, imagination, as they like to tell you. I want to say I was in eighth grade at the time, maybe late 2000s. I used to watch my older brother play video games all the time, something that made me the nerd I am today. At the time, a popular horror game had come out called Dead Space. Very creepy atmosphere, and of course we had the lights off. I don't remember if my parents were home, but we were settled in front of the TV playing. He had been stuck on this part, dying continuously to the enemies. They were a type of alien-zombie combination. And as you do with all video games, you yell and curse at the (laughs) you died screen, press continue, and do it all over again. However, during one of the runs, we heard an abnormally loud, piercing, female scream. We immediately freaked the fuck out, but weren't really sure what had happened. I remember covering my ears and making myself as small as possible. This is the exact fear response I have to this day. Wonder why. Anyways, we hadn't ever experienced this scream in our playthrough. We figured maybe the game had something new we had not encountered yet, even though female enemies aren't really around. What else would we think, you know? Mm -hmm. So as my brother keeps continuing to play the same game chapter over and over, we never hear the scream again, which is so odd because games usually have timed events, or if they are random, they happen at least more than once. I can't explain all the reasons I won't be in that big house alone, but this story definitely contributes. P.S. Don't worry. I love horror anything and everything now. Funny how your childhood shapes you sometimes. From Nani. Nani, that is, like, so scary. I can just imagine myself (laughs) playing, like, some stupid game, like, I don't know, Beat Saber or something, or, like, Dance Dance Revolution, and then, like, hearing a ghost talk to me during it, you know, and then just freaking the fuck out. Uh, Yeah, I think, like, there's definitely a repetitive track that comes with games, and if you heard something that wasn't on the track, like, how, I don't know, like, what are the odds, How do you explain it? Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess you could just say, oh, something glitched or like maybe a neighbor outside screamed, but it doesn't sound like that's what happened. It sounds like, I don't know, her her um, title for this email is Haunted Video Game Story. So it sounds like it gave the impression that the video game was haunted. But also, I wonder, like, you, we were just talking about spirit boxes earlier yeah, and that. how sometimes ghosts can communicate through electronics. I wonder right. if that's what was going on because it sounds like this house is haunted in other ways. She alluded to that in her email. Maybe the ghost was with them and was like, why can't you beat this level? Like, ah, just angry. Also, side note, Natalia, did is there a man talking in your room right now? Stop. You're scaring me. No, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm like about to cry. I literally, did you not hear that? No. Okay. Through my headphone, my right, I'm wearing AirPods right now. My right AirPod, as I was finishing my sentence to you, a man's voice came through on the AirPod. What did it say? 
I I'm couldn't gonna tell. Cry. What did it say? <laughs> I'm literally crying. <laughs> I don't know. It, it didn't. I couldn't understand what it was saying, but it was a man's voice. And so I thought, is there a dude in your room who like just like happened to talk like at the same time that I was talking? No, or, no. And the dog's right next to me. Is it the Happy Valley Dream Survey people I don't like know. listening in? I don't know. I don't know. That's horrifying. Well, that's really scary. I'm scared now. Yeah, I can't think about that too much. Let me know if you hear it again. Okay, I will. This comes from Annika. Hey guys, my name is Annie. I just found your podcast and I wanted to say that I love it so much. I binged all of the episodes instead of doing my homework. You guys are awesome. No, Annie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to tell you my haunted story because every time I think about it, I get shook. This ish is long, so strap yourselves in. So my boyfriend, my ex-best friend, I'm going to refer to her as my friend, but fuck that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I were driving to the Oregon coast for the 4th of July. On the way to the beach, there's this abandoned gas station and a little motel thing. Every time I would pass it, I would feel uneasy, but I also my sense of adventure would quench the unease. We decided that we would stop because my boyfriend is a photographer and he wanted to take pictures of the building. We got out and I was immediately overcome with a weird feeling of dread and anxiety. Both my boyfriend and friend were totally fine. The gas station was so cool looking, but as we got closer to the building, my hands started shaking and I felt negative vibes. I didn't want to be a pussy, so I ignored it and looked in into the bottom of the floor of the building. The room was torn to shreds. There was weird, rusty brown splotches on all of the walls and an assortment of children's toys and books were scattered across the room. As I was marveling at the utter chaos that this building was, I heard footsteps up above and felt goosebumps prick all over my body my boyfriend was off taking pictures of the old gas pumps and my friend was texting on her phone so nobody heard the footsteps i called to my friend to come listen and immediately the footsteps stopped my friend and i walked around the side of the building to try to look to the upper level of the building and what we saw shocked us to our very soul it's so hard to describe it they see? without wanting to vomit an inhuman thing was standing in the front window glaring down at my friend and I. It wasn't mangled like what a monster, but it was not human. It was pure white, hunched, and sort of see-through. There were mangled hands, and it had a hunched body. The worst part of this thing was the eyes. They were the blackest, most inhuman, and hateful eyes I have ever seen. It felt like I looked into a black hole. I can still picture how vivid its eyes were to this day. We were frozen oh in its intense stare. An evil smile made its way across its face. It stepped closer to the window, and I called out for my boyfriend, not daring to take my eyes off of it. My boyfriend ran over, and I shakily pointed to the window. To my horror, he declared that nothing was there. My friend and I were still frozen in shock. He couldn't see it, and at this point, the thing had begun to grin with glee. Somehow, I knew it didn't want my boyfriend to see it which scared me even more my friend was the first to break out of the trance and she bolted to the car the thing that caused me to break free was whenever the creature started to move back from the window with a smile still on its face the terror that overtook me was nothing like i had ever felt before i knew it was going to come downstairs to me i grabbed my boyfriend and screamed to leave i pulled him to the car bawling and flew out of there I looked back at the building as we sped down the highway and I saw the thing glaring from the windows on the bottom floor of the building. My boyfriend, a skeptic, 
didn't know how to feel because I was panicking in the passenger seat and my friend, also a skeptic, was sobbing in the back seat. We safely arrived at the beach house and had a fun night, but my friend and I both had horrible, vivid nightmares that night. I don't know what the hell the thing was, but I know that it was the most evil thing I have ever encountered. We do not take that road anymore because anytime we do, I have vivid nightmares. My friend doesn't speak of the event and I want to puke anytime I think of it. I don't know what the fuck that thing was, but I recommend you never go to an abandoned gas station on the way to the Oregon coast. Jesus. What? What the fuck? Maybe maybe her friend and her are clairvoyant. I don't know. I don't know. Could it have been, could it have been like, do we know what city this happened in? Does she know? I mean, she might not even know if it's just a random gas station. Yeah, she just said it was a random gas station. Like they were driving to the Oregon On coast. On the way to Oregon. Yeah. I, if, what, what's her name again? Annie. Annie, if you're listening to this, can you send us another email if you happen to remember what area it's in? Because I'm wondering, could this be a cryptid, some type of cryptid that's like, known to hang out in that area i know she said it was kind of translucent but we've talked about cryptids before that are kind of ghost-like but yeah. not ghosts well i don't know maybe she I, has really high so rake crazy. On. like maybe it's a demon yeah. or something that lived in the i don't know that the, scares uh, me and then station. plus that's i feel so like there's scary. a haunting right now because you said there's like a man's voice in my ear <laughs> i haven't heard it since but i i am not shitting you like, I am not joking with you. It, You know what it's reminding me of? It, It's reminding me of when we recorded the QAnon episode and I was having so many problems with my phone. Like, right. Y- you, do you remember that? It was like beeping and like doing weird static and stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the same vibe I'm getting right now. But it was just like a man's voice that came in very briefly. And you don't know what he said? I have no idea. I thought I literally thought it was like your boyfriend, maybe because I I can if for people that don't know when Natalia and I record during the pandemic, we're obviously recording remotely. So I have an iPad. Natalia has her computer. I can we can see each other, but only like a small square, obviously, of like Zoom section of the room. Yeah, it's, we're on Zoom, and so I thought maybe like your boyfriend was off camera whispering something to you, no. and like I and like I just happened to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> no and I, I watched like a scary movie last night i watched mothman prophecies last night and i had like weird fucked up oh. dreams so like now i'm scared i'm being haunted hopefully not by that thing okay. annie saw what the fuck what oh would you even God. do like if we were on a trip and we saw some like cancel the trip i would just i think you know what we would do knowing me and you i don't think we would ever talk about it ever again <laughs> i think like if we cancel the podcast fucked up shit yeah we'd just be like okay we had a good run (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye right it's over these are some like really fucking good emails you guys are killing it right now yeah okay this next email comes from yasmin hello Allie and nat my name is yasmin i'm from scotland i love listening to your podcast while i'm at university I'm specializing in industrial knit, so I get loads of time to listen to you guys. I heard of other listeners sending in their stories of experiences with the paranormal, and I thought I should share this with you as I just found out about this in December of 2019. So I came home for Christmas to my family home. It was me, my mom, and my mom's girlfriend all sitting at the table on Boxing Day playing board games and drinking a lot of Prosecco. We got pretty deep with each other that night, and I don't know why, but the conversation ended up with ghosts and paranormal things. Then my mom came out with this. Do you remember the little boy? 
I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I honestly thought she was just being silly since we are all quite tipsy at this point. Then she carried on. No, I'm serious, Yasmin. Before your sister was born, you'd talk about a boy in the corner of the living room a lot. No. You would see him on the stairs and you told me about him more than once, asking me who he was. I said I didn't know and we left it at that. This freaked me out. I would have only been around two or three at this point as my sister was born when I was three. My mom pretty much said that she never spoke or heard about the little boy ever again until my sister was around two or three. One day, out of nowhere, my little sister asked my mom, who's the boy at the top of the stairs? My mom was obviously terrified, knowing I had asked the same question years before. She said she didn't know and left it at that. My mom's girlfriend came into the picture when I was around four or five, and for years said she felt extremely uncomfortable. One at the top of the stairs, two in the corner of the living room, and three in the upstairs corridor looking over our stairs banister. This must have come up in conversation between my mom and her girlfriend when me and my sister were both young, as my mom then explained to her girlfriend that me and my sister both had seen a little boy in these exact spots where the girlfriend felt uncomfortable. They both have zero information as to who was living in the house before us or whether or not there were children there or anything like that. I asked my sister about the boy and she has no memory of him and neither do I. But this has really, really excited me because I have always believed in ghosts and spirits existing in our present days, but this has completely confirmed everything I've ever felt. I must add that I see my dead grandfather in my dreams a lot and still feel super close to them even though they both have been dead for years. I hope this entertained you a bit. It may not be the scariest of things to have happened to people, but I can truly say I am terrified of my stares now. Thanks and keep up the amazing work. Yasmin from Scotland. Oh my god, that is so... Like, little kids being haunted is so terrifying. Ugh. Well, I so definitely think that scary. family has very high Raycon, and I think mm-hmm. that that house is certified haunted. I wonder if they yeah. if they like could find out how old the house is or any history there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like they tried to look into it and couldn't, but I mean, Yasmin, if you feel comfortable sending... Well, it sounds like they're currently living there. But I was gonna, if you guys ever move, I guess, Yasmin, send us the address and we'll look into it because, as you know, this is an investigative journalism podcast, and we have uncovered many things right. throughout our time, throughout our two years. Very so, true. yeah, let us, if you can't figure anything out, maybe send it to us and we'll try to figure it out. That's fucking, I got the chills yeah. when she said that her sister saw it too. Yeah. Like, oh, that's fuck. just like a little boy uh, staring at you. Uh, I don't like it. I wonder if that's like the ghost of a little boy that fell down the stairs or something and like died in that house. Or maybe it's an attachment. Maybe it just attached itself to the younger sisters or the family. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, Yasmin, have you ever seen this little ghost in other locations? Because like outside of the house, because maybe it's attached to you guys and not the house itself. We got an email once about that, about an attachment. Yeah. Super spooky. Scary. Uh, This comes to us from Ashley. Hey, Allie and Nat, new listener here. I just got done listening to episode 15 and a half. I'm really glad that you guys started this podcast. There are seriously so many true crime podcasts, but none about spooky hauntings and conspiracies. So I was really excited to have found your pod. 
I love everything haunted and I'm really looking forward to other stories you guys decide to tackle and talk about. I already see growth in how you two tell stories. So I am so Aww. excited for you guys in the future. I feel weirdly proud of you guys. Oh, and uh, my Thank name's you. Ashley. I'm a Libra. I'm 23. I'm a dog owner and I'm a lover of spoopies. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You sound like we would be friends in real life. Yeah. This story happened when I lived in a house that my parents had bought on a whim. This bit of info was shared to me by my dad recently, and it just makes the story a little bit odd. My mother made the decision of buying this house, and my dad just put the down payment, no questions asked. They were getting a house in hopes of fixing a failing marriage, and that was a big, you thought. I had gone yeah. to look at the house with my parents once or twice. I had refused to go into the basement at first, though my dad chalked it up to the fact that there were mice in the traps and my mother made a big deal about it. Thinking back on it now, I believe something was warning me. Honestly, I've always been in tune with the other side. Call me crazy, but I had a gut feeling about their being. Though I couldn't put my finger quite on it. Could it have been the instinct of my great aunt from Guatemala who was the village witch? Or maybe I was just young. The world may never know. Anyways, we moved in when I was between six to eight. Repression makes me forget how old. Familial trauma, am I right? The original house layout was kind of weird. Hear me out with how I explain it because I'm not property brothers, even though I wish I was. My dad ended up doing construction on the house. There was a first floor and the basement. The basement was the complete size of the first floor. The first floor ended up having the two original bedrooms out of three, a dining room with the living room extension. There was a little step down off of the dining room extension that led to the back porch. It was kind of like a sunroom with the windows wall to wall basically hella exposed. Luckily, there was no house behind us. My dad closed up the original staircase that led into the basement, then made a new one using a beam that was originally there. This beam went from end to end of the entire basement and was held up by a thick pole. The structure would end up being the support of the staircase. The new staircase was the entrance going down from the living room where my dad made a second living room and bedroom in the most of the basement. The leftover part of the basement had the laundry room and exposed back of the stairs where the beam and pole were. Oftentimes I would hear footsteps when I was home alone. There were times when I would see a black figure from the corner of my eye. I would feel like there was someone else in the house. There was once in a blue moon I'd hear my name being called. Oh. Also, sometimes things wouldn't be where you'd left them in the first place. The dogs were always weary of the basement or randomly bark and other things. I randomly started sleepwalking about a year into living there. One night, I had managed to get out of bed, went into the basement. My dad found me standing in front of the exposed part of the stairs. He took me to my room, and I just went to sleep. When my parents asked me why I was there the next day, I told them I saw a man hanging there. This freaked my parents out, being hella Hispanic. As soon as anything remotely spooky happens, the rosaries come out and the prayers begin. <laughs> Though after that instance, I stopped sleepwalking, but continued to experience creepy and odd things in the house. Even one time there was banging coming from the sunroom window, but when I went to check, there was no one there. I was still like seven or eight around this time. I was also home alone because my parents worked and my half-sister was seven years older than me and had her own life. Don't call DCF. I'm an adult now. <laughs> I would feel so weird in the house and cry to my dad that I didn't want to live there or be by myself because I would just be there by myself. Finally, he figured it was time to get some answers. So he went to ask a nosy neighbor about the previous owners. And this is when shit gets wild. The neighbor first says to him, oh, you didn't know? 
My dad was automatically like, what the fuck? She tells my dad (laughs) that the previous owners were a married couple with a son that was my age. The wife was cheating on her husband and was threatening to take their son in about the same time they were losing their money because of personal expenses. Eventually, the wife up and left her husband, taking their son with her and cutting contact with him. He was devastated because he had really wanted everything to work out for them. Unfortunately, he was so sad about what happened that he hung himself. He used the beam in the basement where the exposed stairs were, where I had been found sleepwalking and told my parents that I saw a man. My dad was spooked as shit. Literally, the next day, they called in a priest to pray around the house. He even stayed up all night downstairs trying to see the guy or talk to him. I don't think the guy was bad. I think in my kid brain who watched way too many scary movies and forensic files, so I thought it was scary. He just seemed lonely after everything that happened and wanted people to know that he was there. Maybe it was easier for him to bug me because I was the same age as his son. Even when I was in this house, I didn't have night terrors anymore, and when my parents would get into heated arguments, most times I just felt an odd sort of protection over me. Eventually, my parents would come to split up after fighting became too much and my mother's cheating became nonstop. I didn't go to live with my mother. Instead, having been living with my dad since I was nine, I'm thankful for the experiences that I had there because it's just nice to know that there aren't only bad spirits that hang around after they're gone. The craziest part is that I think history was trying to repeat itself. There was just a lot of sad energy and unresolved anger. My mom was cheating. This was before, but it got worse in the house. And she was trying to take me away from my dad. And my older sister was unaffected because the previous family only had one child. This got way too long. LOL. So sorry. Like I said, I can't wait to see what you guys do with the podcast. Wish you well and blessed be Ashley. Wow, Ashley. That is so haunted to me that you were like sleepwalking and then saw a ghost hanging from that beam which wasn't wouldn't have even been exposed if your dad didn't like cut down those stairs and then it ended up being a hanged man and what she was saying about history repeating itself like i wonder if her dad was being like inflicted with that energy from the man that was sad there about his wife cheating on him and that's what caused him to uncover that beam i don't know oh shit natalia you might be onto something that's that's so crazy the man I mean, I I guess the part that really stuck out to me about that story is that she said um, that she doesn't think the spirit was there to, like, do anything malevolent. It just, like, was lonely and wanted people to know that it was there. That Mm -hmm. just, like, really stuck with me because most of the time when we hear these stories about, like, spirits or, like, demons or whatever, it's, like, no question about it. This is, like, evil. Like, something here is evil. Something tragic happened. It's very scary. So it's kind of cool to me to, like... Like she said at the end of her email that not all spirits are bad, right? Like not all hauntings are negative. And maybe in a weird way, it kind of does bring comfort that, you know, not just because you're seeing a spirit or a ghost or something you can't explain, it doesn't mean that something bad is going to happen to you. Like it could, yeah, it could just be like someone trying to reach out from the other side because it's finally found someone that is able to experience or see ghosts. Like the third eye is open or the Raycon is strong or something. And they're like, fuck, finally, like finally someone moved in here and I can talk. This next email comes from Kelsey S. Hi, Allie and Nat. I've been wanting to write in forever and have lots of stories to help y'all scare the hell out of your listeners. I want to first share my brother Reed's experience with the cemetery in the woods behind my childhood home. 
He wrote and posted his experience on Reddit, so I have copied it and pasted it into this email. Aside from being an incredible writer, my brother has always had a deep appreciation for nature and sensitivity to the arcane slash paranormal. Having been to the cemetery and played in the woods throughout my childhood, I can attest that the area housing the cemetery has an unsettling energy. I honestly did not believe my brother when he told me he had found a small overgrown patch of graves behind our house, but lo and behold, it was there. This happened several years ago, but the memory of this place remains vivid for me and the few friends we've brought there over the years. I hope you guys enjoy his story. P.S. I went to a haunted university with hella spooky stories, possessions, ghosts, suicides, exorcisms, etc., both personal and historical, so expect a future email about that, lol. (laughs) I love you guys and the pod. Thank you for creating such amazing content. Much love, Kelsey. Reads story via Reddit. So now she's posting her brother's story. Okay. Something bad tried to follow me home from the woods, and it changed everything I believe in. I grew up in the Kentucky countryside with my family. My parents bought a house surrounded by farmland when I was really little, and I lived there until I moved to Louisville for college in 2017. I was an antisocial kid and spent most of my time just walking and hiking in the woods around our home. It always gave me peace, being away from people who made me anxious, hearing birds sing, running creek water, and wind blowing through the trees overhead was how I coped with everything that distressed me as a kid. Something to note about these woods, however, is that my family only owned about 12 acres of it. My neighbors were farmers who owned somewhere around 400 plus acres each. Their lands consisted of woods, fields, and hills as far as the eye could see. Perfect for a little outdoor kid like me. Luckily, the farmers were all pretty lazy and didn't keep up their lands very often. It didn't help that most of the area consisted of wooded valleys and knobs, not very ideal for farming. So I rarely encountered other people on my walks, and that was fine with me. I never went into the woods for anything other than peace and quiet. When I was about 13 years old, I was walking around in a particularly far-out area of woods that I knew nobody ever visited. It was too far into the woods, where there weren't really any trails or fences. No remnants of human presence except for a 200-plus-year-old graveyard I found sticking out of the foliage. Yep, I found an actual graveyard in the middle of the freaking woods, practically in my backyard, which looked completely forgotten about. I checked the three headstones, and they were for a man named Tom, a lady named Sarah, and another girl named Lucy. I won't reveal their last names because I don't want internet people sniffing around to find my old home. Anyways, I was extremely excited about what I'd found. As a little Indiana Jones fanatic, I felt pretty cool about finding a lost cemetery. I messed up pretty quick, though. While looking around the graves, I tripped over a really small headstone hidden in the tall grass. Mm. It was definitely a headstone because of the distinct way it was carved. There were no markings on it, though. After I'd seen enough, I just placed the stone back where I thought I'd tripped over it and started the long walk back home. While taking a shortcut through the field of tall grass, my heart almost exploded when I heard someone speedwalking up behind me. When I turned around, there was nobody. I'm certain I heard someone speedily walking towards me from behind. So I stood there, looking and listening. Hello? I said. A girl's voice came from somewhere. Father? 
Yes, I heard a little girl's no. voice ask for her father somewhere near me. I can't stress just how far into the middle of nowhere I was, so there's no logical way another person could have been there messing with me. I didn't stick around after that. I calmly walked home as fast as I could without breaking into a run. I don't hear her or any following footsteps after that, but God, I was still scared. When I got home, I told my parents about what had happened. I don't remember their exact reactions other than my dad saying, could have been a ghost, (laughs) probably just to humor me. Despite how freaked out I was by that experience, I never stopped going into the woods. After about a month, I actually went back to the cemetery to see if I'd imagined the whole thing. Oddly enough, I never had any sort of paranormal experience anywhere in the woods until years later when I was in high school. When I was 17 years old, I saw a show on TV about a team of ghost hunters trying to make contact with some dead girl by offering her toys and candy, then waiting to see if the ghost child interacted with them. Typical TV crap, I know. Being a dumb teenager, I decided to perform a test of my own. I took one of my sister's old Barbie dolls from storage and went back to that old cemetery to leave it by the same grave I knocked over years ago. I'm an idiot, but I wasn't totally unprepared. I brought a Catholic prayer Bible with me as protection. I've never had faith in God, even as a kid, but I didn't feel comfortable without something to defend myself with. So, I went out to the old cemetery and set the doll up alongside the same little stone. I then said out loud, this doll is my gift to you, and you may do whatever you like with it. I mean you no disturbance, and I hope you are resting peacefully. I went back home after that and waited until the next evening to go back out and check on it. The next evening, I followed through with my plan and returned to the graves. I found something pretty disturbing. The doll's head had been damaged. Barbie's face was completely ripped off the head itself. The rest of the doll was unharmed. To make things even more creepy, I noticed it was still propped up in the exact same position I'd left it. Almost like it was never touched, despite having a missing face. What? I took a picture of the scene on my iPhone for proof and started walking home. I remember getting hit by some anxiety while walking and feeling a bit paranoid. At one point, I heard those same footsteps behind me for the first time in years. Something was following me, right behind me, an invisible being only feet behind me. Once that registered in my mind, I felt a wave of stress come over me and felt like I might actually pass out. Somehow, I actually stayed calm and continued walking, even though I could hear footsteps following mere feet behind me. My heart was beating out of my chest the entire time. I just kept walking and didn't dare to look back until I reached my own property. I reached the fence that divided my family's land from the unkempt farmland, and I stopped. I still had the prayer book in my pack, and I decided to read some ominous prayer to ward off whatever was following me. I stood there and found a particularly powerful prayer that said something along the lines of, God's foes tremble at the mention of his name, and all the Lord's sheep are under his divine protection, blah, blah, blah. I read it out loud. I barely even finished the prayer when a massive tree branch came crashing down only a couple yards behind Mm. me. The branch was definitely big enough to have injured me if I had been hit. I stayed perfectly still. I may have been too scared and surprised to move and heard something like a pained gurgling noise coming from the woods I'd just come out of. This was the scariest thing I've ever experienced. 
it kind of sounded like a man choking and gurgling on something in his oh mouth. My God. I knew I had just angered whatever was following me. I screamed, you can't follow me any further. I'm not scared of you. And I know you can't hurt me. So fuck off. <laughs> the, w- the woods went quiet again. No more branches fell and the nasty gurgling sounds stopped. I calmly walked home and locked myself in my room to stew on what had just happened. Wish I could say I handled it like a man, but I definitely didn't. I had a bit of a breakdown when I realized what actually just happened. Never had I fully believed in ghosts, spirits, angels, demons, anything. But that evening, everything changed. I now know that evil entities do exist, even in the middle of the woods. The woods were my safe space as a child, and that whole time I was practically playing with fire. The fucking devil lived in the same woods I played in as a child. I eventually told my girlfriend at the time, and she got really mad at me. She's a devout Christian from a devout family of believers in the supernatural. She begged me to delete the picture of the doll on the grave and to never go back into those woods. Yes, I know. There went my only proof of the incident. I get it. You try arguing with this girl, though. (laughs) So there. I've been meaning to talk about this shit with someone for a long time. It's hard to talk about it with people in real life because I know they're looking at me with complete disbelief. And I don't really blame them. It's a ridiculous story, I know. But my life changed after this. I think about these events a lot in my daily life. I'm not scared of the dark now, but I am much more careful with it. There's some really bad and disturbing shit in this world. Be careful. It's the end of the email. That was a wild one. That's heavy. Yeah, Yeah, that's heavy as fuck. Maybe whatever this entity was, was like tricking him at first with a child, you know, trying to make it seem like, yeah, come play with me. Right. I'm like a little girl. I'm harmless. Right. And like maybe calling out father was like her, like she was trying to trick him into thinking like, oh, it's just a little kid. Maybe there's a kid lost in these woods and then like go walking into the woods and get lost himself. And then like the devil comes and Ah! like steals your soul. Well, also because it was an unmarked grave. I mean, it could be like weather had taken it under or something but we've talked about this before you don't bury people like in the middle of nowhere unless they're like haunted no especially if it's an unmarked grave right and i think too i i could be wrong but i think in the story um the bell witch i think wasn't there like some weird like the family that died in that or like that family that lived in that house on that property and then once they died they were all buried like on the property on a hill and it's like no (laughs) take people to a cemetery where they're supposed to be buried far away let them rest there yeah yeah keep the haunted shit contained to one location because if you start burying people willy-nilly you're gonna have ghosts all over the place yeah you have to keep the ghosts like yeah in line oh so creepy so fucking scary i wish we had the photo but i totally understand like after something like that happens to me ah the gurgling i'm thinking about that how would you even yeah i would just freak out i'd probably die of fright yeah like also the stories about ghosts that are particularly scary to me are when like something like real like something in our dimension happens too like you're not just seeing a ghost like a tree branch falling yeah like a tree branch that could kill you falls yeah or like a barbie's face gets scraped off fucking creepy this email comes to us from victor it's called la casa del diablo the devil's house in cienega magdalena hey i love your podcast and i'm a big fan i love how you bring humor into something so creepy that's what i do when i need to cope with the idea of the paranormal being real (laughs) your podcast is super relatable and inspiring it actually inspired me to write a story anyway 
to the topic of this message. Recently, when I was visiting back home in Colombia, my family took me to the beach of Cienega Magdalena. On the way there, my grandmother told me about a weird house in town. She told me that there had been many strange occurrences inside the building and that there had been satanic rituals and things of the sorts inside the house. Well, of course, that got me intrigued. She also told me that everything that enters dies. But, like, that doesn't matter, right? (laughs) On her way back from the beach, she told the taxi driver to take a route that passed the devil's house, which almost made us lose our bus. Kind of haunted, but okay. So we passed by it, and honestly, so haunted. So, so haunted. This was a few (laughs) months ago. The doors and windows have been boarded up with wood panels and bricks, as if they didn't want anything to get in, or anything to get out. It was large, and it looked run down, since it was obviously old and not in the state it used to be. There are lots of vines growing on and around it, and there are stains everywhere. My grandmother told me that the first time she found out about the house was when she was selling couches. Back when she was doing that, the house wasn't in disrepair, and it was actually really pretty. But when she started going towards the building, people told her to stop. She asked why, since it looked fancy and rich, and like the owner would buy for a high price. People around her explained that no one actually lived there, and if you entered the house and got out, you would die soon. And if you didn't find your way out, you would get lost inside and die anyway. She gave me many examples of times that people entered only to disappear or of their misfortune after they left. One time a guy entered, he didn't come out for a day. And when he did get out, he immediately got hit by a bus. That's unfortunately all that I learned from my grandmother. I decided to do some research, but it's not that well known of a haunted house. What I have learned is that it was built by some rich dude a long time ago who had some people working for him, but apparently he also had a bull. That part was unclear, but some believed that the bull was the devil and therefore his house was dubbed the house of the devil. I don't know much more about the house and what I do know might be wrong because very often when I look things up, it's all in Spanish and I only know Spanish from my mother. So not enough to understand long papers that are written professionally. But still, you guys are so good at researching and telling entertaining stories that I'm sure you guys will be able to find something interesting about it. If you do, it would be incredible to hear about it in an episode. But if you don't find enough on it, I would still like to hear about it if you did find in a brief reply back. No pressure, though. That's not really all, though. Although I did pass the house, that isn't where the story ends. It doesn't continue for long either, though. When we got back home, I passed out the moment we got into the hotel room. I woke up before sunrise from a horrible nightmare, which I can only remember about drowning or getting stuck. I can't say much more about the dream as I don't remember much. I went back to sleep, and in the morning I joked with my mother about what might actually be in the house. Her theory was a homeless man with a dagger, while I much preferred the idea that there were actually demons inside the house. I hope that you find this story interesting. I've added some pictures of it down below, including pictures of the building and a picture of a rich guy. I think that's him. Also, by the way, my name is Vic, and I'm the one who drew the on-fire phone from episode 17. I'm hoping to make some other drawings for your podcast since it struck me with inspiration countless times. I sent the drawing from the Instagram account at 8 o'clock, by the way. Once again, love this podcast and stay haunted. Wow. 
that's a good one so, because I'm I'm like I don't know the wheels like the cogs in my brain are turning right now and I'm like oh we're an in, we're an investigative journalism podcast if anyone can figure out this house it's us yeah and Alyssa speaks yeah, Spanish show me. pretty well can you see it so I'm looking we'll post these to the Instagram account but I am looking at two photos of an old house and then a photo of a guy that may or may not have been the guy that built the house <laughs> I mean, that that guy looks haunted to me. He looks <laughs> mad. He's like, he's like, why are you taking my photo? I'm so rich. Fuck but you. But the house is just like a really beautiful kind of like, looks like a like an estate, like a plantation type house, like big and yeah. broad. But it's, yeah, it definitely looks like it has potential to be haunted for sure. What What's the name of this person that wrote in? Can you say it to me again? Uh, it is Victor Rios. Victor, okay. Yeah, and it's the La Casa del Diablo in Cienega Magdalena. If you are listening to this and you can DM the links you were reading to me, then I'll look into it and see if we can have enough content for an episode because we haven't done a haunted house episode in a while and if this one's never been covered by any other podcast i mean that's what we like the most is stuff that hasn't been covered a million times already okay this email comes from morgie hey ladies my name is morgan i'm from louisiana and i usually listen to the podcast while at work i jotted down a couple of my haunted experiences to share with y'all and everyone else You don't have to go through them all because let's be honest, it's a lot of different ones. Love the podcast. Stay haunted, Morgan. And then she attached a Word document and I'm going to read that right now. I've always been sensitive to the supernatural, but much more when I was younger. The house I live in now was built and there are so many different things going on. The earliest thing that happened was I was waiting on my mom to come down the hall to my room, and as I was sitting on the floor next to my door, I kept seeing someone walking up and down the hall. Eventually, I got mad and asked my mom why she kept walking away, and she told me she hadn't gotten up yet. Also, when she would read me stories, I could hear people talking in the living room, even though we were the only people home and the TV was turned off. I would ask her who was talking, and she would say she couldn't hear anything. As I got older, more things began to happen. To this day, I can't go in my mom's room alone because every time I'm in there, I feel such bad energy and I feel like if I stay, I'll get hurt. It's such a pit of the stomach feeling and I always make my dog go with me if I have to go inside. A few other things have happened in that house, like empty water jugs getting launched across the kitchen. And one time I was eating pancakes in my room with a friend and I put the plate on the nightstand and when we turned around, they were across the room on a chair. Neither of us had even gotten up. Okay, that's fucking freaky. That's a helpful ghost. Yeah, I mean, or like a ghost that's just fucking with you. In my boyfriend's old house, which was also built there, you could always hear someone pacing in the attic, which got even creepier when I was alone there. In that same house, four of us were home, me, my boyfriend, and his two youngest siblings. I was in the hallway by the garage, and my boyfriend and his brother were in the garage. We heard a loud shatter coming from somewhere in the house, so I ran upstairs to see if his sister had broken something. She came running downstairs asking if we were okay because she had heard something break too. We searched every room of the house and nothing was broken. We still have no clue what that noise was or where it came from. I feel kind of bad because my boyfriend said a few weird things would happen in that house, but it got worse when I started sleeping over. A few other random occurrences are things like my hair getting pulled really hard when I was alone in a closed-off stage area at my school. 
I've also woken up to a dark figure standing over my bed once and I couldn't move. That was really scary. Later when I told my mom about this, she told me she used to have very bad sleep paralysis when she was in high school. This occurrence only happened once. I can't stand hospitals or graveyards. Anytime I'm near them, I get really anxious and feel like I need to leave because I feel like I'm being crowded. There was a period of time where my music would play backwards, but I don't know if that was my phone being super weird or what. One, my little brother, I think he was like five or six at the time, came into my room and told me that the girl in the walls wanted to play with us. Oh my God. Uh, No, I was freaked out and he fully described her. He told me she was his age. She had long brown hair and brown eyes, but she was really pale and was scared our mom would get mad if she knew that she was in there. I brought this up to him the other day and he said he has no clue what I'm talking about. Also, I have the same recurring dream, but I can never remember what it was about. I just know it was the same dream, if that makes sense. There were times where I would be doing something mundane, and then I would get to the same feeling from my recurring dream, and I would black out when it happened. One day it just stopped, and I haven't had that dream since. This might make you guys freak out, but I also used to see shadow people all the time. But not like traditional shadow people when you see the dark figure. It's like a whole person. I used to see shadows of people on my walls and ceiling. They would walk around and move at night and I could see them because I had a nightlight and they would just be in there in my room hanging out with me, watching over me. And I've never had a bad feeling in my room like I do in other places. I'm in my junior year of college now studying psychology and I don't have as many experiences as I did when I was younger, but a lot has changed. My parents used to bring me to have picnic at graveyard. What? (laughs) My parents used to bring me to have picnics at graveyards and stuff when I was little, but I don't do a lot of that anymore. I've gone to a few haunted plantations around Louisiana, but I've never experienced anything at any of them. I still see stuff out of the corner of my eye and hear things whispered when I'm alone, but I've kind of gotten used to it because I've dealt with this stuff my whole life. It's hard to talk about some of it because I don't want to sound crazy, but I'm sure I do sometimes. When I feel an energy, I can almost picture what they look like, but I don't know if that's an actual thing that I do or if it just helps me to calm down. Like the person in the first story walking around the hallway, I remember a big dress, almost poofy, like a Victorian dress. But the thing that makes me uneasy in my mom's room, all I can picture is a dark mist. Mm. I might be crazy about that part. Recently, my boyfriend and his family moved into a new house and I was walking through it and the whole house seems fine. It was built in the 1950s, and the only spot I feel anything in is at the closet. That is literally a hole in the house. You can see directly into the inside of the house from right there. And if you really wanted to, you could probably move through the walls to each room. Also in this house, no one is allowed in the attic. We don't know why. When we were all alone, there were six of us, we pulled down the ladder and saw a fully made bed up there. This isn't the same. Yes. This isn't the same house where we heard the pacing in the attic. I think that's everything, or well, it's everything I can think of right now, at least. Thank you for reading, and I really do love the podcast. However, it's super hard for me to listen to it alone at night. I recently moved out of my childhood home and into my very first apartment. Nothing weird has happened at my home in months, and it's oddly strange. However, I still see things out of the corner of my eye at work and at times in public. One last thing, I know this is getting long. 
I took the sixth sense test and when I was going throughout my house, everything felt like a dream and very slow. It was like I was pushing myself through my home and the air felt thick around me. The lights were off in every room, but the curtains were not on any windows. This was before I knew we had to open them. The only room that was fully dark was my mother's room. I don't know what any of this means, but it's super weird, so I thought I'd share. Love you guys and the podcast. Stay haunted, ladies. All right, this bitch is fucking straight up haunted. Like, there's not one thing she said that was normal. Yeah. Yeah, Morgan, you are fucking haunted. I wonder too, like, what the fuck is the bed I know in the we, attic I, about? Like, that's call okay. The police. That's like a separate <laughs> issue. Yeah, that's a fucking separate <laughs> issue. We need to figure out what's going on with that. Okay, but the issue of like seeing ghosts everywhere and like hearing like people whispering to you and stuff. I'm like, damn, she is she like super clairvoyant? Because at first I was thinking maybe this is an attachment, but she's seeing so many different things. Yeah, I think she just like sees dead people i think and the fact that her little brother was like do you want to play with the girl in the walls i would be like fuck "Fuck no like tell that bitch to stay in the wall get out of here (laughs) don't ever come back out of the wall morgan that is fucking haunted yeah wow that was i'm glad that you're like i'm glad that your her new apartment seems to be chill yeah, I mean, in these situations, like, I hear that, and I, I don't know what to say. Like, do you, I guess they, she's just used to it, like she said, but, yeah, right. I mean, that's my honest reaction is just, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Right. Well, I guess the good news is, Morgan, you said that most of these things don't scare you. Like, but, like, the, the dark mist in her mom's room mm-hmm. is, like, the only one she said that was, like, really scary. Yeah. Um. So, I guess that's good, because, like, if I were seeing shadow people... I would shit my pants and die. So, yeah, it would be done for us. So, but you know what this reminded me when she was talking about the sleep paralysis? Did I ever tell you, Natalia, that I had sleep paralysis for the first time in my life earlier this year? I was, this is in the old place I was living in earlier this year. I was laying in bed in that house and I was like half awake and I felt somebody laying in the bed next to me with like its arm open. No! And I... And I was like freaking out. I was so scared. And I was like half awake, half asleep. Like everything in the room was normal. It was like morning. But I could feel somebody like a heavy arm over me. And like someone was laying next to me. And I was too afraid to turn and look. So I just like went all the way back to sleep. And when I woke up again, nothing was like happening. Oh my God. But I'm thinking, but you know, like me, because I never see ghosts right. or anything like that. I'm like, okay, sleep paralysis. But... I don't know. Now I'm like reading this from this girl that's like a clairvoyant possibly or a medium and she has sleep paralysis. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I finally did see a ghost yeah. or feel a ghost. Or yeah. Whatever. Or maybe it like tried to haunt you and you literally just went back to sleep. So it was like, all right, I'm going to move on to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. They're like, oh, wait, wrong house. Like <laughs> I meant to go to the neighbors. This one comes from Cheyenne. Hey guys, first off, I absolutely love your podcast and I thought I would share my own paranormal experience with you. It's a little long, but it's good. I'll start off by saying I remember absolutely none of the story because I was really young, but I'm kind of glad I don't because it's creepy as hell. Anyway, when I was about two years old, my family and I moved into a duplex in Michigan. Shortly after moving in, my mom and dad would hear me talking and laughing in my room, having full conversations, including pauses, like I was waiting for an answer. 
One day, my dad walked in and asked who I was talking to. I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, it's my new friend, Allison Gray. He also mentions that it was always noticeably colder in my room all the time. After I brought up Allison, weird things started happening in my house. My older sister used to be terrified to sleep in her bedroom in the basement because she would see a shadow person at the end of her bed at night. My brother started having night terrors. One night, my dad was sitting in the living room and looked down the hallway. In that house, all the doors in the hallway had mirrors on the back side of them, and my dad says he saw a little shadow run down the hallway only in peering inside the mirrors. He's a huge skeptic when it comes to the paranormal, <sighs> and to this day swears that it was the scariest thing he'd ever seen. But wait, there's more. One day, I was in the living room with my dad and suddenly looked up at my sister coming down the hall. I then asked, Daddy, who's that with Taylor? and stared in awe right next to her, even though there was nobody there. We moved out of that house a few months later. After we moved, I never <sighs> mentioned Allison again, and would have no idea who my parents were talking about if they asked me about her. To this day, nobody has stayed in that house for over six months. Anyways, thanks for listening, and keep up the amazing podcast, Cheyenne from Nebraska. Oh my god. Well, the fact that you guys moved Fuck. is like the most normal thing I can think of. And then it's so spooky yeah. to me that nobody stayed in that house longer than six months. It's such a bitch to move into a house, especially if you're moving a full family. It's so, such a bitch. It's so expensive that like yeah. I feel like nobody would do that unless it was legit haunted. Yeah, I agree with you. That's a good point because moving literally, it's so fucking expensive to move. Right. You never get your full security deposit to back, like deposit back from the previous place you were living. Then you have to put down a whole new security deposit plus first and last month's rent. Plus you got to pay for movers if you have furniture. Like plus you got to take time off of right. work. Like that shit is moving is fucking haunted anyway and so expensive. And then yeah, to only stay somewhere for six months haunted. I don't think so. Like no, super haunted. Ugh. Huh. Well, do we have time for one more short email? Because I have a follow-up email right here from a previous listener story. Oh, great. Story. Yeah, I think we have time for one more. Okay. So this one comes from Dawn S. And she says that this is a follow-up email. So I just really quickly like looked up what was her original email. So we read this on our last listener stories episode. Um, and I'm just going to like read her little paragraph that she had sent in to like jog our memories from okay. last um, last time she wrote in. So she says, when I was in high school, I was in a car accident. My brother and I, I was the driver, were the only two in the car. My car randomly went off the road, steering wheel spinning out of control, causing us to go off the road into a line of trees. When asked how we got out, I told police that I opened the door and climbed out. They said that wasn't possible because the car was completely sandwiched. They couldn't open any of the doors. The car was unseen unless the sun hit the reflector just right. When the car was pulled out and assessed, all damage was done on the passenger side, little to no damage on the drivers. While my mom was looking around at the damage, she noticed that over the driver's side back tire, drawn with tree sap and scratches, not done by human hands, there was a heart with a cross over it. A picture does exist, but I can't find it. I must have had a guardian angel that day. Okay, so that was the email she sent in November. And then we were like, what the fuck? Send us a picture of that. And so she sent in an email saying, hello, haunted girls. So you read my email. See previous email um, copy pasted here on this week's episode. Exciting. 
After listening and totally fangirling, I asked my mom if she still had the picture from my car accident. She did. The whole thing was totally crazy, and I firmly believe my grandmother is my guardian angel. There's always stories in my family. My aunt seeing my grandma in the church window at her wedding, my mom having dreams of deceased family members telling her they are okay, my cousin, who is a ghost hunter, as a child playing with a little boy ghost, my mom feeling presence in haunted places, a friend's house that is insanely haunted, the stories go on. Not a single person will ever convince me that there isn't something more after death. Anyway, thank you for this podcast, Stories and Entertainment. Stay haunted. And then she has... I'm going to text this to you, Natalia. It is a picture of what the tire looked like. And if you can describe it to our listeners, and we'll post this to the Instagram account at Let's Get Haunted. Um, if you're new here, we always post any accompanying pictures and videos to all of our episodes on there. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it. Oh, my gosh. It is a little heart. And then a cross. Like a, and a cross. A cro- yeah. So the heart is made out of sap. It looks like, and then the cross looks like it's been made with like a finger or something or like whatever haunted. Fuck. Well, thank you for following up, Don. Thank you for, because sometimes we'll be like, what the fuck? Person who wrote in, like send us extra shit. So I really appreciate you sending that in. Wow. These were some haunted stories. I know. This this listener story episode. I mean, yeah, this just like proves my theory that everyone other than us is haunted (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you guys for writing in thank you so Um, much and if you want to write in email us Mm -hmm. let's get haunted pod at gmail.com we love it yes we do listener stories every 10 episodes um so if you are looking for listener stories you're like going back on our podcast catalog anything that says and a half afterwards. So this is going to be episode 50 and a half, listener stories number six. That's how you know it's a listener story episode because it says half on it. Um, And please keep writing in. I've seen a couple people confused about like, oh, did you skip over my story? No, we're like, you guys, we have gotten so many emails. Right. And so we're still on like January. Yeah, my last one was from January 20th, 2020. So we're getting there. We're getting there. But definitely keep writing in. And if for some reason we didn't read your email and you wrote in before January of 2020, send it again. You can reforward it to yeah. us. Yeah, send it again because maybe it got sent to spam. We're not ignoring you. I promise. Also, if you want to be active in the community and get feedback, like our Discord is super active and we want our Reddit to be more active active i feel like it needs some love <laughs> yeah definitely write in um on our reddit post to our subreddit r slash let's get haunted we are on twitter at let's get haunted instagram at let's get haunted uh and if you go to linktree.com slash let's get haunted i don't remember how linktree works it might be like li.tree i don't remember go to our twitter slash let's get it's haunted yeah f- just find it there it'll have links to literally every place that we are like our discord link is on the link tree yeah and the discord people just chat like they're people talking on there pretty much 24 7 so yeah it's a good it's a good time. yeah definitely check it out wow this was great thank you thank you guys yeah. and thank you natalia and Thanks, i'm fucking stoked <laughs> that season two is almost over yeah. and then season three begins we did it. well until next time i guess stay haunted everybody and we will see you next week brb gotta go move into the devil's house see you later yeah (laughs) bye